chapter number 2, uh, Philippians chapter number 2, <coughs> talked to <coughs> several, several, let me turn that off, that would just be terrible if it goes ringing, um, talked to Brother Sean a little bit ago, man, it's just, it's a crazy time of the year for work, and, and uh, uh, man, uh, we really, uh, man, it'd be cool to take a minute, a couple of things, um, before we get going, it'd be really cool for us just to pray for, uh, really, just the people in our church that are faithful to the Lord, that are faithful to the ministry. I, I've, you know, this time of the year can be a little hectic when everybody's getting stuff done and trying to get into the years. I know Daniel's going through it right now with just end of the year stuff, and uh, so, man, I, I'd really like to pray for them, and then uh, you know, there's another another huge deal I've had on my heart recently is, um, you know, it's it's really, and I always heard that this would happen, and uh, in a church that is, uh, that has, that has made a shift from, um, that has made a shift from I guess maybe more of a surface level kind of preaching for a number of years to trying to dig in and, and, and everybody getting on the same page and understanding what the words of God actually mean and, and really bearing down on discipleship. The, the, the problem with that is there's another, there's another side of this thing. And, and man, I, I don't know that we see it half the time. And that's part of my job here. Um, is to see stuff like that, but uh, I think we really get focused on ourselves so much that we forget there's a whole world out there that's lost and still needs Jesus Christ. And, you know, I, we haven't, I don't know, we haven't seen anybody saved in a few months. And, um, man, I, I'd really like to pray about that just with you guys. I'd like to pray for our church and all those that are running ragged right here before Christmas and uh, that are short on money and, um, you know, if, if you want to pray for me and not to not to have to lose it on, on this bank I'm dealing with my house, that'd be a blessing too. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm really not going to lose it. They're just, man, that banks are just so hard to deal with and you don't realize it until you got to deal with one. And um, so let's just pray. Let's pray one I want to pray for our, pray for our body and the people that are in it, and, and the work of the ministry is hard enough. And then you add on all the stuff that this season can bring. It's not supposed to bring that, but sometimes it just does. Uh, you don't mean for it to. brings a lot of brings a lot of stuff with it. And so, I want us to be able to just let's just call on the Lord. I'd like to call on the Lord for them. I'd like to call on the Lord for us. You know, I'd like for you to call on the Lord for me. Uh, God knows I've. Spent, spent plenty of time praying, asking the Lord to really work in my heart, and um, and then uh, and, and and I don't know where you are with this whole convict being convicted about seeing people come to Christ, um, but I sure would like for us to get there. I sure would like for us to to make a loop back around in our minds to where we was when we was lost. And really see, and I don't know how you got saved. I don't know if you introduced by your parents or 
or how that whole thing worked. I know, I know somebody invited me to church, and they bribed me to come to church, and, um, and I'm thankful for it. They used what they had in their arsenal, and they got me to church, and, and it was one of them things. It was like, I, you know, I couldn't go one time. It, I mean, we, we had a, almost a binding contract, I felt like, at one point. And, um, but I'm really grateful for it because God used it to, for me to see that Jesus Christ was, was my only hope. And, and so I, I want us to make sure that we don't forget that, man. It's really, and I may, I may touch on some of that Sunday, uh, because I, I think that, that if we're not careful, we'll get so internally focused that we'll forget there's a whole world out here that's just lost. And, uh, and it's easy because the other side of the coin is just to be so externally focused that your inside of your church is just as dumb as a box of rocks because all you do is is external things. And, and it doesn't have to be that way. There is a healthy balance, and we got to make sure we get there. Um, obviously, we're probably not there right now, but we need to get there. So um, balance is a false uh, balance is an abomination to the Lord. And we want to make sure that we get where we need to be. All right? So let's pray. I'm going to pray. And, uh, and I want you to pray. And we'll just, we're going to pray about those two things tonight. And then, uh, and then we'll, we'll, carry on, uh, we'll carry on the rest of the service. Lord, I, I love you. And I am extremely grateful for you loving us like you do. Um, God, you're way better to us than we deserve. And... And Lord, there's a lot of times uh, at this time of the year that we don't necessarily see just how good you are. Uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, there's a lot of meetings and family stuff. And, and, you know, me and Jordan's got our hands in a few different things. And so there's a lot of different people that we come in contact with. And, and Lord, it can be really busy. And, um, and Lord, I, I pray, Lord, for the ones that has jobs that... Uh, Lord, they have to meet end-of-the-year quotas, and, and Lord, uh, they're pushed to spend money before the year's over with and make money before the year's over with. Lord, I, I pray that you calm them and give them peace, and uh, God, that you let this be an enjoyable time of the year for us, God. Uh, we're going to take, uh, a bunch of us are going to take off the day after Christmas, and we're going to go to Kansas City, and... Uh, and you're going to use a conference in our life, and I pray that we're prepared for that. I pray, God, that we take some time to get ready uh, to see how you're going to do great things in our life with the mission. And, um, God, I, I just pray that you, I pray, God, that you use this time of the year for a recharge and not an unhealthy stage. And, um, Lord, that you make the first of the year for us a good one. Uh, God, as we go into... As we go into our time of fasting after the first of the year, God, that uh, we get our heads right, we get our hearts where they need to be, and God, you start showing us things in, in that process, and uh, God, you use us through that. Lord, we, we sure love you. Uh, God, I, I pray, uh, Lord, that you give us a heart for lost people. God, that you burden our heart for those around us that, that's lost, God. Sometimes we just forget and we don't see it and we shy away from it. And God, with some of us, has never even made an attempt to give somebody the gospel. And God, may that not be our heart from here on out. Lord, I, I pray, God, that you burden us with the fact that, that we need to see people come to Christ. Lord, I pray that you use us for that. Use this church, God, 
we longed to see. We haven't seen somebody saved in in a couple of months. And, and God, I uh, my heart is always to see people come to Christ. And so, God, I, I pray, Lord, that you help us, that you help us see that in this church, Lord. Uh, we love you and uh, pray that you bless tonight. Pray, God, that you use it and uh, and use it for our uh, for our lives and to bring you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, uh, Philippians chapter number three. Take your Bible back to Philippians chapter number three. Jordan, is she where's she at? There you are. You, you're, I was gonna say you're fine. You don't have to. Um, they told me it wasn't gonna be nobody back there, so I didn't put anything in tonight. So it's all good. We can use our Bibles tonight and. We went for years, and we didn't have one of these fancy uh, screens and all these fancy high-dollar computers and all these programs that I ain't got a clue how to run. Um, yeah, so we went a long time, and we didn't have none of this. So uh, I know it's it's kind of old school, but if you want to take a, a phone or a Bible, a paper Bible, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan. I love, We went to marriage retreat. And I think I was like one of ten that lugged a paper Bible around uh, with me. And I'm just weird about it. So um, Philippians chapter number 3, we're going to start in verse 17. We're going to start there in verse 17. The Bible says, be, uh, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an ensample. For many of whom I've told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby even to subdue all things unto himself. Uh, last week we, we dealt, we started in verse 11, and we worked down to verse 16, and we dealt with this idea of continual discipleship. And it was a, for me, it was a very pivotal moment, even in uh, Philippians, because all of, uh, all of chapter 3 has been dealing with this idea, really the whole book, uh, has been dealing with this idea of joy. It's been dealing with this understanding that we can have peace, that we can have joy. And when you go and look at the book of Philippians, all of that joy and all of that peace is centered around Jesus Christ. It's not centered around circumstances. It's not centered around good things. It's not centered around bad things. Why? How do I know that? Well, for, for, for instance... This is one of the prison epistles. This is Paul is writing this epistle from prison. Now, there's a whole lot of joy and a whole lot of peace in a man's life that is locked up on lockdown right now with a pen and a piece of paper, and he is writing down exactly what the Holy Ghost of God's doing in his heart. Now, what you've got to understand about that is it makes me and you see that. That we don't have to have it all right, and it don't have to. Everything ain't got to be perfect for us to have peace and for us to have joy, right? And this is what Paul's deal is. All right, so here, here it is, guys. If you want peace and if you want joy, we dealt. We 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 kind of worked through. There's two other things that we worked through uh, last week. We dealt with that continual discipleship. Uh, we dealt with our fellowship another time. Then we dealt with our worship the time before that. 
and we, we dealt with what spiritual worship looks like, and then we look, looked at our fellowship amongst the brethren and, and what that would look like for us and what that would look like in this church, and then worship, a spiritual worship would look like in here. And then this idea of never stopping the growth process. Never stopping the growth process. And this is what Paul's saying. Listen, I, I have not, I count not myself to have apprehended. So, so I, I'm not at a place to where I count myself as to apprehended. And he goes on in verse 14, he said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Man, Paul is, Paul is making this statement and putting it out there that there is never a time to quit. Like there's never a time to quit growing. There's never a time to stop. There's never a time as you and me are in our journey. And look, there's a lot of people... There's a lot of people that's going to say, uh, that's going to that's going to say, I serve my time. There's a lot of people that's going to say, I, I, well, I've done my time in church. And number one, it's not a prison sentence. Working in a in a in a New Testament church is not a prison sentence. It's a joy. It's an honor. It's a blessing. It's a privilege, and it ought to be counted as such. Man, what they're doing over here, working with these kids, that's a privilege, right? Awana is a privilege. Working in the team ministry is a privilege. And, and praise the Lord, we get that privilege. I had the privilege of doing this time. And it is indeed a privilege, and we ought to count it as such, right? So, so I'm not serving a sentence. And sometimes, listen, we all know this place can get crazy. Sometimes we, can, oh, we, oh, we have to overload people with things that we, and, and look, I'm the first one. The first thing I do is look and see who's being overloaded. I have to check on I have to check on people all the time that take on way too much. Why? Because the ministry sometimes seems to overload you. I, I mean, I, I know it's kind of hard to believe, but you know, uh, preaching Sunday morning, preaching Wednesday night, like all this stuff just don't come out of thin air, right? And then teaching on Monday nights, it's not the easiest thing in the world. There's a lot of hours that go into this thing, but it is a privilege. Like it's something that I get to do. It's something that the Lord has allowed me to do. So we understand that our discipleship, that our growing in the Lord, that our walk with Jesus Christ are, is never to stop growing. I am to grow till my dying breath. And that's what the Lord wants out of us. And then uh, this week is, is kind of different. It, it takes on a different, uh, a different flavor, if you would. But it's in the same vein. And Paul's dealing with followers. It's dealing with people that are going to be followers. People that are going, and how many of you understand that you're going to follow something or you're going to follow somebody? Like it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter who it is. You are going to follow somebody. You are going, it's a fact that me and you, we're going to follow something. And this is what Paul's saying. He's saying, brethren, brethren, be you followers of me. Be you followers of me. And then I want you to mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. So if you see others walking like us, make sure you mark them. I, I want you to make sure that you mark them. Why? Because I want you to be followers together of me. And Paul's not being high-minded. Paul's not being haughty. Paul's not, he, he's not, he's not being any of that. 
He's not coming at you saying, man, that sounds awful prideful. Well, we'll, we'll see what's prideful here in a minute. But, but he's not being prideful. He's not being anything. Why? Because he, he lays out the reasons as to why you should follow him over following somebody else. And he's, he's got this thing all laid out and he wants us to see it. Why? Because God wants us to see that there are definitive lines in your Bible on who you should follow and who you should not follow. Does that make sense? Because a lot of times we like to gray that area up. We like, to, we, like to, we like to paint out people to be people that we would follow because we like those people, right? They like the same things we like. They go the same places we go. They look like us. They like the same foods we do. Hey, it don't matter what it is. We got the same personality. So we say, well, we want to follow those people. We want to be, a, uh, we wanna, we wanna be uh, following those kinds of people. But Paul's like, there is, no, there is no kinds of people that you're supposed to follow if it isn't set forth by the biblical precedent. And that's what God's trying to tell us. There's a principle here that we need to understand tonight. That God has laid out who we should be following. God has laid out who we should be following. And you say, man, you, uh, we, all, we all know that, that this day and this age in which we live in is consumed with being their own person. You know, that whole phrase, hey man, you do you. That's kind of the new thing. And then I, you know, I, I'm not going to judge you. You just do you. But the facts are... From a biblical perspective, that's just not the same thing, right? It, it's different. And, and, and make sure make sure we get it. Uh, God wants us to be followers. God wants us to be followers. Um, so when we look at this thing, I, I want you to look at it. He says, brethren, be followers together with me and mark them which, which walk so as ye have us as for an example. Well, then there's, uh, there's these parentheses. There's... These parentheses for two verses. In the parentheses, he, he says, For many walk, of whom I told you often, and now tell you even weeping. They're enemies. They themselves are enemies of the cross of Christ. That these people that that, that are many, that I, I, I told you before, I, I preached to you about before, I warned you about before, I, I'm telling you now again, even weeping, that, that these people are enemies of the cross of Christ. And, and he, he says, hi, he gives us the, really the qualifier on how to know their enemies. He said, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, and who mind earthly things. End of the parentheses. So what does that mean for me, and what does that mean for you? Well, when, when, you, when you finish out the parentheses, now verse number 20, you have a whole new set of standard. You have a whole new guideline. What is the, what is the guideline? Okay, what is the standard? Well, inside the parentheses is the people that you should not be following. Does that make sense? Well, from verse number 20 and down, now Paul is like, okay, so here it is, guys. I want you to be followers together with me and mark them so as ye have us as for an example. Okay? Now, verse number 20, 
Paul lays out some definitive guidelines. Now, what you got to understand about this is this is not just for this is not for everybody else. This is for Paul. Paul's like, man, if if if, if I slip from this, like this is for the apostle Paul. Okay, what is it? For our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So I want us to look, I want us to take some minutes, I want us to look inside the parentheses. Number one, I want us to look the heartache of following an enemy, an enemy of the cross. The heartache of following an enemy of the cross. Now, when you look at this heartache, you, you, uh, when you look and you say, what, what heartache are you talking about? Well, Paul's weeping. Paul's weeping because he knows that there's heartache coming to those that follow an enemy of the cross. Those, those, in, and, and, those that he was speaking to, even the potential of that Philippian church that was reading this letter that were setting in amongst the body of Christ of following an enemy of the cross. I think he's probably even preaching to those in the church that were enemies of the cross at that moment in time. You see, they're, they're in samples and then there's enemies. There's in samples and then there's, there's enemies. And you need to know which one you should be following. So how do I know? Well, a couple things you need to, re- a couple things you need to uh, recognize in this whole deal. It, it's, it's defined by how they walk. It's defined by how they walk. He said, for many walk. For many walk. So, so the, de- the defining underst- the, the, the understanding of figuring out who I should be following is based on how they walk, not how they talk. Because we, how many of us know a lot of people that talk some crazy stuff and they don't walk none of it. Not how they talk, not even what they know. Because I know for for certain, I know guys, Bible professors that have that more, have have more degrees behind their name than a thermometer. And and and, and, and God love them. Hey, listen, I'm glad they I'm glad they were diligent to to get those degrees. But they mo- they know more about the Bible than they do the God of the Bible. And it's not, it's not what they know. It, it, it's not even what they speak at, a, at certain places. Here it is, based on who's around. Because I know people in this church that are actually different in this church than they are in other places. It's, 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 not, it's, it's not what they say based on who they're around. It's not what they know. It's not charisma. It's not any of that. It's, it's not how they talk. It's... It's how they walk, and, and here it is. You'll be known by how you walk. You'll be known by how you walk. And, and, and this, is a, this is a big deal. It's a fundamental truth in the Bible, but you'll be known by people in how you walk. So how will I know who is an enemy of the cross in my own life personally? Okay, 
Now, when we when we hear when we hear this word "enemy of the cross," uh, this idea of 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 being an enemy of the cross is not necessarily an enemy of the physical representation of the cross. We're talking about we're talking about enemies of, of of a biblical truth of the atonement of Jesus Christ that He made on the cross. Now, not. Now, get, here it is. And, because it's not just a one and out. We've been preaching for years. Uh, it's a one and out. Man, you just need to get saved. But it's not that. It's not that. God called us to walk in an ongoing power and let the cross of Christ affect our life every single day. Now, now here it is. The, the people that we're dealing with in, in Philippians could very well be Enemies of the cross who did not want to follow Jesus by taking up their cross and denying themselves every single day. So I want you to notice there's a couple things that, that, that you can you, you notice about these. Number one, uh, notice their end is destruction. When you're looking, uh, notice that their end, that their end is, is destruction. He said, for many uh, walk. Verse 19, whose end is, is destruction. Their end is destruction. Now, I want you to see this. This is, uh, if you want to write it down, you can. Uh, I'm going to read it. But 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 16. This is a, this is, this is a pretty big verse uh, for us in terms of understanding the Scripture. 2 Peter chapter 3 and, and verse 16. Are, are we talking about their end being destruction as far as eternal damnation? Probably. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> I mean, we, we all know false prophets are going to end up in, 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 in destruction and everlasting torment. We understand that. We just got done in, here on Sunday talking about the millennium. The week before that was the tribulation or the second coming. And we got to see a lot of we got to see a lot of that from from Revelation uh, twenty and twenty one, but 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 what if it's even more? What if it's now? What if whose end is destruction now? So Second Peter chapter three and verse sixteen, as also in all epistles, in all his epistles, speaking in them, uh, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood. Which they, uh, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures. Here it is. Ready? Under their own destruction. So there, here's, the, here's the idea that, that unlearned and unstable men and women rest or wrestle with the scriptures. Because there's some things in this Bible that are just hard to understand, right? That's why he said study, study to show thyself approved. Why? Because there's some things in this book that are, that are hard to be understood and God made it that way. God made it that way on purpose for a reason so that you and I would be diligent to seek the deep things of God, okay? Now, what's interesting though, is these unlearned men 
and unstable men, as they rest the Scripture, they do it to their own destruction. They do it to their own destruction. So, so what, what you can see, uh, that, that these enemies of the cross, they're in churches all over the place, they're doing damage to the body of Christ, and, and, and what's happening is they look, they look like they know what they're talking about at times. They look like they, they use a verse out of context here, they use a verse out of context there, they use a verse here, they use a verse there, and they string a few verses together, and it's absolutely uh, nowhere near in, 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 in any kind of right context. And before you know it, well, they're an enemy of the cross. It's bringing other people with them. Enemies are not in samples. Enemies are not in samples. They're not people that we want to pattern ourselves after. Look at the next one. Whose God is their belly? Whose God is their belly? And you could, you could ask the question to myself, who is their God? Well, their God is them. Their God is them. And, and the idea here is, is whatever your flesh wants in lasciviousness, whatever your flesh wants in in an unbridled lust, just give it. Just give whatever, give your flesh whatever it wants, uh, whatever whatever it desires, whatever 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 you deem your flesh wants. And at the core, at the core of this understanding, is just idolatry. It's idolatry. It, it it's 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 not that they were necessarily focused on what they were eating, although that could have been it. But this idea of, a, of, of the belly, it has, a, it has a broader reference to an indulgence on the inside. They live for pleasure of the body and they live for pleasure of the mind. And they, they even want to touch pleasure of the soul, but they can't find any. I want you to write, write this verse down. You can write this one down. Uh, Romans 16 and verse 18. Romans 16 and verse number 18. For they that are such serve not the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own bellies. By good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. So the simple-minded, the simple on, on a very basic level, they use good words. And they use fair speeches and, and, and they do what they can to make you feel better about yourself. And, you know, uh, you know I, I could probably do better at times, for sure. Um, you know, we're, our, house is, our house runs a little bit different. It works on, like, real-life scenarios versus... You know, we're, we're all on each other's side. And at the end of the day, we understand that there's limitations to everybody's abilities too, right? Um, you know, we, we don't do the whole, oh, everybody's going to get a trophy kind of deal at our house. And I know that's hard to believe, but you have to work really hard if you want a trophy at our house. Like, it's just it's just part of it. You have to... Do what you're supposed to do and, 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 and go above and beyond that. And I'm not against good words and I'm not against fair speeches. But here's what I will say. Be careful that you're not using those good words and fair speeches to, 
to serve your own belly, to make you feel better about your own self in the middle of what you want to indulge yourself in. Well, I can't help it. It's just who I am. These people are not the people that you want to be following. Amen? Okay? Uh, the... the there's another one, Romans 6, just uh, 10 chapters back or so. I, I want you to see this, in my opinion, this is a huge one. Romans 6, uh, verses 6 and 7. This is, this is a huge one uh, because it's kind of fundamental uh, for a lot of the way we believe in terms of our, our old life and our old man and what it actually means to be in the new man, okay? Uh, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. So our old man is crucified with Jesus Christ. Why? That the body of sin might be destroyed. Okay, It is going to be destroyed one day, and you are going to get a new body because those of us that's been saved have been sealed on the day of redemption. Right? All right. So our, our soul and our spirit have been sealed with the Holy Spirit Unto the day of redemption. It's the earnest. It's the earnest till he comes back. Earnest money, if you would, uh, till he comes back. Okay? That henceforth we should not serve sin. So we don't have to serve sin. So here's, here's the kicker. For he that is dead, and if you came to Jesus Christ for salvation, you came... To him alone, you are dead and, and you have been freed. He goes on in, in, in the same chapter and he says, Yield ye not your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Okay? This is huge. And the reason that this is huge is because they're actually enemies. These people that are enemies of the cross, they're actually enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, what is the cross of Christ? It is the thing that crucifies us to the old man and his sins and his lust. And so these people, the thing that they're promoting, the thing that they're promoting being an enemy of the cross is they're trying to get you away from what you were delivered from. They're trying to get you away from the one thing that you that delivered you out of your sin. The one thing that delivers you. Man, take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Deny yourself and follow me every single day, daily. This is the thing that God's called us to. Right? Amen? I know, look, I knew tonight wasn't going, we weren't going to be swinging from the chandeliers or nothing. Thought it might be a little better than what it is tonight, but it is what it is. The thing that an enemy of the cross is promoting is that you get away from the one thing that was actually supposed, supposed to be the thing that kept you from walking in sin. Uh, next one, whose glory is their shame. So, so their glory, their glory was in shame. Their glory was in shame. So, 
as Christians, you're always going to be faced. You're always going to be faced with this, with this idea. If you're if you're Bible believer, you're always going to be faced with this idea that somebody is wanting you to affirm their sin, right? Um, the whole idea of, of gender dysmorphia, it's, it's a big deal. And they want the church to get on board with that, right? They want the church to be a part of that. They want, like they, you know, they want us to put our stamp of approval on everything. But here's what you got to remember. Only enemies of sin, enemies of the cross will affirm sin. Enemies of the cross will affirm sin. In samples that Paul's talking about, this in sample, we're going to get there, but this in sample that Paul's talking about, he's saying, he's saying, I got to confront sin. Now look, we're not talking, we're, we're not talking, we're talking about speaking the truth in love. We're not talking about going and bashing somebody over the head with, with a Bible. We all know that don't work. I mean, I mean, it didn't work on me. It took me a long time to have, have any kind of faith in anybody that said they were a Christian but because of my upbringing, because of the way I was raised. And, and look, that, that's probably nobody's fault but my own because of the way I was raised and the way I perceived things and my pride my arrogance. Okay, so, so be it. But I will say this, we have to be careful. We have to be careful that when, when we are in the middle of, of trying to be loving, that we don't, we don't abandon the idea that we must confront. And then at the same time, when we're in the middle of confronting, we've got to make sure that we understand this idea of we must speak the truth in love still. Right? Okay. Uh, Psalm 4 and verse 2 says this, O ye sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and seek after leasing? Selah. So, 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 so how long are you, you going to turn the glory of God into shame? How, how long are, are you going to love vanity? How long are you going to do that? That's what he's asking. That's what Paul's trying to, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, trying to work into our heart, trying to work into this letter at this church at Philippi. Hey, hey guys, listen, this is where we are. Make sure you're following the right people. And, and look, prestige and clout don't make people the right ones to follow. What makes them the right ones to follow? Well, we're, we'll get there in a minute. We're not, we're not there yet. Uh, legalism is, a, is another one that I would say is a, is a big deal. Legalism is, a, is, a, is just the opposite, opposite end of, of what we would say liberalism, lasciviousness, un, un, this unbridled lust. Legalism is just the other end of that. Um, it, it's it's kind of the same thing, actually. Why? Well, because one of them makes the this idea of being very liberal with my sin and very liberal with my own life and 
do as I please and, and do this. The other side of the coin is, uh, with legalism, they do what they do that they might feel good about what they do. And here's the thing, was never about you feeling good about what you do. Amen? Because it's not about what you do, it's about what? It's about who you are. It's not about what you do. It, it, but why? Because who I am naturally produces what I do. And that's where it's, it's you know, the fact that I'm Jesus Christ is, is why I do what I do, not because I feel good about doing what I do. Okay? Legalism does it. Look, look at, write this, you can write these down. Galatians 6, verse 12. As many as desire, here it is, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh. As many as desire to make a fair show in the, uh, the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised. Only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. He's like, he's like, man, look, they just want you to get circumcised so they can glory in the fact that you've been circumcised. So they can, they want you to do this so that they, they want you to do this certain thing and it doesn't matter what kind of legalistic deal you put on anything. For years it was what you wore. And, and, and you know, you may say, I look a bum tonight, whatever. But here's what I will say. What you wear ain't, ain't got anything to do. Why? Because it ain't no different than circumcision. You shouldn't glory in what you wear. Why? Well, because, God forbid, that I should glory. Save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. That's where my glory's at, right? Cross made you free from all that, okay? Who mind earthly things? Who mind earthly things? There, okay. So what is that? That's worldly people. That's worldly people. And what is what? What? What would you say? How would you describe worldly people? Well, worldly people would would a good descriptor descriptor worldly people. I would say if if you're if you're following someone uh, that's about material wealth of this world and and what it has to offer, I'd, I'd be really careful. Because you're probably following an enemy of the cross. There's nothing wrong with money. Um, there's nothing wrong with having wealth. And there's nothing wrong with having money. It, what, what the problem is, is when it has you, right? And so what we're, what we're saying is there's nothing wrong with, with having things. But those who mind earthly wealth are enemies of the cross. Colossians says it like this. If you then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For your life, for you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Okay, so uh, we, we don't have long, but we'll take a minute and look at the next one. Um, after the parentheses. Okay, um, look, look with me in verse number 20. Um, so, so those, 
those were the people that, that you don't want to be following. Amen? So who do you want to be following? Okay. Verse 20 starts laying out uh, somebody uh, that you want to be following. If you read it without the parentheses, you'd, you'd read verse 17. You'd say, brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so... For our conversations in heaven from whence who shall a body that may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things. So, so we'd say it, we, we could say it like this, this end sample. I want you to, I've said the word a, a lot and, and I intentionally waited till we got to the end to tell you an end sample is a template. Okay, First uh, Corinthians chapter number ten. Uh, the Exodus. We found out that the Exodus was an end sample for us to learn what not to do. To learn uh, that that were the things that we're not supposed to do. They were for our admonition. Uh, the the Exodus and it's crazy uh, to really think that the Exodus story was for our admonition today and for our learning and to be our end sample of things what not to do but what not to do. Okay, so so an end sample, excuse me, an end sample is a template. It's something that is meant to be learned from. It's a template that's meant to be learned from. In, in most instances, when you're dealing with this understanding of an end sample, it's something that can be reproduced. Uh, uh, it, it, you know, you reproduce what not to do when you look at the children of Israel and you look at their life and you learn what you're not supposed to do. Why? Well, because they all, they all died in the wilderness. Right? How many of you want to die in the wilderness? I don't want to do that. Right? We don't want to die in the wilderness, and so we learn how to not die in the wilderness. That we should not lust after evil things. Okay, that's, that's one of the things that Paul's that that God's called us to. Okay, so when we when we look at this, we look in verse twenty. He says, "For our conversation is in heaven." So here's the end sample. Uh, a life that has been marked by heaven. A life that has been marked by heaven. He says, our conversation. We know this is a Bible word. This is an older English Bible word. And, and, and I, I don't even know what are the other versions actually use in place of this word conversation. I probably should look that up. But, but it, 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 it doesn't necessarily mean a conversation a, a, between two people. It doesn't mean a, a conversation like we use it today. If I'm going to have a conversation with somebody, I go and I, I conversate with them. I talk back and forth with them. No, we're, we're talking about an actual lifestyle. We're talking about a life. Our, our conversation is in heaven. Like my life is in heaven. He says it in another, another place. And I think it's, it's, in, uh, it's in Colossians, I think, that we're... I think it's Colossians chapter number two that we that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So I am in Christ Jesus in the heavenlies. Okay, so so my life, my life then should be marked, 
should be marked by heaven. This is what Paul said. Our conversation, our conversation is in heaven. Okay? So Paul's life is marked by this. Okay? Their purpose, now, go, go, go to, I'm going I'm I'm to hit you with this a little bit. Go, go to Matthew 6. This is the last place you got to turn tonight. Matthew chapter number 6. Verse number 19. 6 and verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where three, uh, thieves break through and steal. So, so the Lord is is trying to get us out of an earthly mindset. So what does he say? Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt uh, where, uh, and, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. And here it is. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And, and, and this is Paul's mindset. That, that his heart, his life is encompassed with the things that will be in the future, in eternity future. And even right now, he is seated in heavenly places, and, and this is where his heart is. So our life would be marked by that. Our life would be marked by the things to come. Man, uh, somebody would say, man, y'all, y'all are so caught up on this whole judgment seat of Christ thing. Well, that's that's because we want our conversation to be in heaven, right? Why? Well, because we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day, right? So, so it, it's a big deal. And then, and then I want you to look at this next one. Uh, from from whence, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus. So, so he says our conversation is heaven. And and then at the same time, he's like, from whence we also look for the Savior. So Paul is all the time looking from whence, from the heavens. For the Lord, now, crazy deal, uh, Paul was consumed with the return of the Lord. Like he was consumed with the fact that Jesus Christ was going to come back. What does that mean? All right, so, so you want to follow an end sample there? Do you want to follow uh, an end sample? So I, I said earlier there's heartache in following, uh, in following an enemy. There's joy in following an end sample. There's joy in following in heaven. What, what does that mean? It, all right, so, so they have a life that's marked by heaven, and then their life will have a definite focus, meaning that their eyes are on Jesus Christ returning. Like, like I know that's not a real popular thing anymore. Um, man, my kids have finally broke over into that world, and I just, especially my older girls, I really praise the Lord for that. Uh, they're, they're on a... They're they're on a steady trajectory uh, to really do something for the Lord if they keep that in their mind. Um, now, it's a pretty carnal reasoning, uh, I will say. Uh, Claire's idea, uh, Claire, every night, uh, girls usually come into our bedroom and and they spend twenty or thirty minutes. And I know it's a crazy deal uh, talking in her bedroom every single night. And uh, Jordan, she usually goes to sleep in the middle of all this. And I stay up and, and feel bad. I, and I, I'm like, well, 
They won't always be here. So I entertain the girls and uh, I do what I can to talk and some things I have no interest in at all. I have to play like I'm interested in them. And, um, but Claire's face was really red the other day. And I said, Claire, uh, why, why is your face so red right now? Well, you see, I laid in a tanning bed for way too long today. And she did. She got burnt. Her face got burnt. And Jordan pops off with, uh, that tan bed's going to give you wrinkles. And so she starts tripping about wrinkles on her face. Well, the next day, she said, Daddy, I figured out the wrinkles are going to be worth it. I was like, why? It, it, she, you, you wasn't home. I figured out the wrinkles are going to be worth it. I was like, why? She said, Jesus is coming back anyway. I'm not really worried about that. Like, he's going to come back before I get old anyhow, so I'm just going to stay in a tanning bed. Because I like being tan, and I would, I, you know, that, I mean, don't, don't you think he's coming back? I'm like, yeah, I think he's coming back. But what if he doesn't come back to your older, and then you, you've got wrinkles? I'm going to bet he's coming back. I'm just, it's too bad for him. not. And, and so, anyway, it's kind of a running joke around our house. Finally, we, we have, we've got our kids uh, headed, at least headed, in, a, in an understanding that they are indeed looking for the Savior to come back. Now, why is that such a big deal? Well, because it's a, it's, it's a focus of a person that you can follow that isn't in sample. I want to raise kids that are going to be in samples. Amen? Amen? All right, come on now. Y'all, y'all, y'all got to get with me a, a little bit here. If, if you don't want to raise kids or they're in samples, something's wrong with you, right? Um, we need to be reproducing. And, and so, so then he says, um, who shall change our vile body? Okay, here's another big one, and, and we'll pray. Uh, We'll be done. We'll be done with this still. Here's another huge one. Who shall change our vile body? Okay. I can remember distinctly the first time that I heard Mark Trotter talk about his own sin like it was like it was me talking about my sin. Like I, I, you know, I don't even think of this dude as is is somebody who is like that. I don't think about Mark as somebody, you know. I mean, just a hero of the faith to me, and I hadn't even thought about that. I, like I'd never seen him do no. I mean, every time I'd ever been around him, he always shamed me to death with the way he acted. And then I can remember him talking about the. Just how vile his flesh was. You know what that is? That's a man. That's a man that knows who he is. You, you hear it all the time. Well, I don't want to be so heavenly minded. I'm no earthly good. Listen, throw that statement in the trash. Throw that statement in the trash. Because any man that is heavenly minded knows that his flesh is trash. That his flesh is guard. Why? Well, but because it's a it's just a general understanding that you need your body changed and that it be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Even the changing of your old rotten flesh one day. Amen. 
So, Philippians chapter number 3 is in the books. We'll start Philippians 4 next week. I don't know. Um, I don't know who... I don't know who you've been following, but I would say, if you've been following an enemy of the cross, if you if you think you've been following an enemy of the cross, you need to really reevaluate that whole system in your life. What does that look like? What does that What does that mean? Who am I going to have to get rid of? Who am I going to have to exclude in my life? Because unfortunately, enemies of the cross, they must be excluded. They must be carved away. You say, well, I don't want to carve my friends away. Well, they'll either, car- they'll either you'll either carve them away or they'll carve you away one day. They'll Because they'll e- it don't work. Why? Well, they're enemies of the cross. Amen? All right, let's pray. Lord. Thank you again for a good night. Uh, Lord, I, I pray uh, that you use this thing, and God, that you're glorified through it. And um, God, we need you. Uh, we need you to work in our life. God, we need you to, we need you to move, um, make things clear, make it, make it simple, but make it a, a very a very sincere and foundational thing in our life. Uh, God, that there is some enemies, enemies of the cross in our own life that, that must be cut away. Lord, I pray that you bless uh, us tonight. Lord, I pray that you gave us ears to hear, and I pray, God, that our, uh, that our words fell on a good seedbed tonight. Lord, I pray for everybody in this church, Lord, the ones that, uh, had jobs far away tonight that couldn't be here, and Lord, those that are those that are out and about ministering uh, over in other parts of Iwana and and Lord in the team ministry, God, I pray to give them strength, and I pray God that you give them uh, grace, Lord, the grace that they need to finish their task. Um, Lord, we're just grateful that you love us like you do, and and Lord, that you're just you're here for us, and uh, so Lord, I pray God that we always take the time to go uh, to you with a with an earnest heart in everything that we do. Lord, I love you in Jesus' name. Amen.